Welcome to the Rooted Legacy Podcast. At Laurel Branch Church of God, we are devoted to developing an environment of engagement with Yahweh and hosting His presence attentively. Our hope is to help others become rooted in beloved identity and further the kingdom of God on this earth. From Pastor Seth Klein and the congregation at Laurel Branch Church of God, we hope this message brightens your day and changes your life. We pray that God blesses you and all that you do. Thanks for listening. Worthy are you, Lord. 
The king of my 
the shadow where I the ransom for my life Oh, here's my song You are good, good Oh, you are good, good
Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So if you was at church this morning, this is basically just going to be a uh, either a continuation or a refresher or whatever way you want to look at it. Um, and I, honestly, I don't think it was uh, planned or uh, coordinated this way. But if you have your Bibles marked from this morning, just go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8. We'll read off a uh, read off a few statements before I get started. And if at any point at all you've ever found yourself saying this, just go ahead and acknowledge it. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. Things are going downhill real quick. The shape the world's in, it wouldn't surprise me if the Lord didn't take the church home in the next second. The world is so wicked, the coming of Christ must be imminent. I don't know how much worse how how bad how much worse things can get. The church world better be ready. If if you ain't figured it out by now, these are all things that we've said over the over the course of the years to describe the, the shape that the world was in at the time or the shape that the world's in now. Uh, several of those. But I think a lot of the time we empower solid, we empower the negativity and we let it just just overflow way too much and we instantly play that card of as you said this morning um, things is things is getting so bad the Lord has to be coming back and he's going to take us home soon um, and we abandon ship and we forget all the parts where uh, Jesus told the disciples that they would do great miracles and they would do greater things than he done and we misunderstand that talk of, uh, of a city on a hill a, a lot among men uh, we just we just, we just wait for Jesus to come back and we can sit right here on our pew inside the church and you know glory to God that uh, some glad morning he's going to take us all home in the moment of a twinkling of an eye will be transformed and this whole world will have to fend for itself and all that fear not I've overcome the world and and all that that's for a past generation that's not intended for us but brother it's getting bad so Jesus is coming soon. But Romans 8 and 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The Passion Translation goes on in verse 19 to say, The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. If I could title this anything tonight, it would be what the world is waiting for. The answers to what's going on outside of, of the church, the, the, the bad news that keeps coming in isn't for us to just stow away in the church and, 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 and do worship and, and, and hear the word and, and just completely hide away from every problem because glory to God, he's coming back to get us. The universe itself is how, is how I put it in the, tra the Passion Translation. The universe is anticipating. It's standing on tiptoe. It's waiting. It's, it's hungry. It's longing for the sons and daughters of God to step forth. 
to come out of hiding, to walk in their intended identity. So as, as I think we've narrowed this down, as I've heard Seth Klein quote Damon Thompson can't quote Bill Johnson quote Holy Spirit, the answer to the world around you is the world within you. And we like to preach from our soapboxes or we'll, we'll, we'll preach from our Facebook posts that the world needs Jesus, but on the inside, we, we'll just go and hide. I also, again, as I've heard Seth preach many times, or maybe once, I'm not 100% sure, but if the world outside needs Jesus so bad, what are we actively doing to introduce him to the world outside? The thing about it is, is we'll believe every single word that the Bible says about us. We'll believe every single word that the Bible says, but we don't believe the things that it says about us. We believe that there's parts of the Bible that's, that's reserved for certain titles or certain backgrounds or, or certain ministries, but it's not for us. We hear things like lay hands on the sick and see them recovered, and that's for people who have, who have been at it a while or, or are in a... Uh, um, a a, a speaking ministry or um, a healing ministry that that's that's intended for them that's not for us we we take all the things that the bible says and we like to chop them up and keep the things that apply to us we hear romans 8 where it says uh the same spirit that raised christ from the dead now lives in us but we struggle with authority we hear 8 and 15, the spirit that you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So as I've heard it preached, Christ died in our place as us so that we could be seen as him in the eyes of God. 8 and 23 says, and it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters. So not only is everything on the outside of us longing and hungering and waiting and anticipating, but it's our, it's our innermost being, our soul, our spirit that's waiting for us to step into who we even, who God intended us to be today. Your soul, your spirit, your, in, your own innermost being is waiting for you to step out into who you're intended to be. But we say things like, the world's just getting darker. And things are just getting worse. And it's just, there's darkness on every corner. And, and everywhere that you go, the world's just eat up with darkness. And it's corrupt and it's wicked. Let me see if I can do this real quick. Not the complete effect that I was hoping for. But would somebody here say that this room is light or dark? dark in essence if those windows was covered up this room would be completely dark 
But if I turn my flashlight on, the room is no longer dark. It is physically and scientifically impossible. This is the only experiment that I've ever completed in my lifetime that's been a success. A room cannot be light and dark at the same time. The room that we're in right now is still light because it's light outside. If it was dark outside, this room would be completely and utterly dark. But this room is still dimly lit. What I'm trying to get at, what I'm trying to say is that Wherever you go, if Christ said that we was light, whatever the darkest corner of the world is, whatever the darkest corner of the alley, whatever the darkest corner of work, of school, wherever it is, whatever the darkness may be, whenever you show up, it's no longer dark. Because God said that Christ said that you was the light of the world. So wherever you go, if it's dark, it's not dark anymore. Wherever you are, if it's darkness around, it's no longer darkness anymore because you showed up on the scene. If you're light, the darkness can't stay where there's light. Does that make sense? Light and dark cannot be, cannot be mentioned in the same sense because it, a room is either one or the other. And if you show up into a dark space, the dark space is no longer a dark space because you have showed up. So what I'm, what I'm trying to get at this evening is that all of creation, your innermost being, the world around you, what is it waiting for? The world is groaning for the sons of God to unveil themselves. The world outside is groaning for you to step into who he, who he intended for you to be. Your own innermost being is groaning for you to become who you are intended to be. The lost and the dying are groaning for you to become who you was intended to be. Once upon a time, I would have said the same exact thing that things are getting, because that's what I grew up in. I grew up in, a, in a, a rapture theology that things have to get worse, just like you said this morning. Things have to get worse before, before he'll come back. And if things is getting worse, that means we're about to go home. If, if things is getting bad, if the times, are, the times are getting too wicked, that must mean before too long we must be going home. We must be on our way out if things is getting bad. If things is getting worse, we, we have to be on our way. God has to be on his way. Well, I can just sit here and I can just stay here and I don't have to worry because God is glory to God. Someday he's, he's going to come and get me soon. If I just stay right here and, and I survive the test of life, if, if I just survive everything that's going on around me, if I can make it from the house to the church every time without having to come in contact with evil, I, I, I can make it home because things is getting so bad. Now at 30 years old, I see it completely different. As you said this morning, I could honestly, I could care less what your, what your rapture theology is. Because to me, it is 100% irrelevant. 100% irrelevant because if we are who we say we are, whatever time he shows up, we'll go on home with him. 
But we have people who, who have started com completing other, uh, uh, other ministries, completing other churches because of that one particular thing. Because they can't agree on, well, brother, he's going to come back before. He's going to come back after. He's going to come back dirt. Uh, uh, he's going to have Nike sandals on when he shows up. Stuff like that, just irrelevant things. But there's a lot more to what we're living, what we claim to live, than, than waiting for a time when he shows up. When the entire creation, when the entire world, when your entire internal being is waiting for you to become a son, to become a daughter, to walk this world, to walk in your neighborhood, to walk in your workplace, to walk in your school, to walk in, into the grocery store as a son or a daughter. The entire creation is waiting for you to become who he said you were supposed to be. And I personally do not think that there's that we have a, a government issue, that we have a uh, that we have a sin issue, that we have a a, a, um, a medical epidemic issue. We have a church issue. We have a sons and daughters issue. The problem on the world outside is the world inside of us stays inside of us. That the world inside of us is never released outside. If the world outside of us, as we claim so many times, needs Jesus, what are we doing to, to actively introduce him? My vision that kindly weaves in and weaves out of Seth's vision, but it may be a little bit different because I realize that I may never may never get to that point because there's too much here that goes on here. But my vision for that little four-year-old boy is that he never knows what shame is. Is that he never knows what guilt feels like. Is that he never finishes a prayer that he doesn't believe is going to come to pass. That he believes himself to be so much one with God that he never has to raise his voice to get a hold of him. And as I've said, I, I may never get there. That's why I say my hope is that he, is that it's him. If I get there, great, but if, if I can live a life in front of him that tells him I'm a son, I don't have to raise my voice. I don't have to scream because God hears me all the same. Because his, his presence overwhelms me. His presence goes with me. It's beside of me, in front of me, behind me. It is inside of me. And the reason that I said that things for me get stuck right here is because there's a lot of room between here where your mouth is and, and, and around you where he's at.
I was going to say up there, but at the same rate, you know, that's one of those things that I'm trying to verbally correct myself with. But the reason I say that is because how many times do we do we say prayers? And we'll be standing behind somebody and we'll say, Lord, if it's your will. Lord, if it's your will. God, I, I know that you can. Brother, if I know, if it's the will of God. And then we walk away. And we say things like, man, that's stage four. That's, that's complete kidney failure right there going on. Well, we'll be lucky. We'll be lucky if he's here for Thanksgiving. The Jesus that I read about in the Bible, his prayers never made it past two or three verses. But meanwhile. Meanwhile, we'll spend 15, 20 minutes praying for one thing. And we repeat the same things. We'll say the same things over and over again. Like he didn't hear it the first time. Just like I did there. Well, God, if it be your will. God, if it be your will. God, if it be your will. We're supposed to walk this earth and walk our daily lives in front of men as Christ Jesus. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate him. Or follow me as I follow him. Or follow his lead. If he died in your place as you so you could be seen in the eyes of God. Then in the eyes of God, you're seen as him. You're seen as Christ. But yet meanwhile, when we lay hands on people and we ask for things in prayer, all of a sudden our logic and, and things of that nature, we, we forget who we're supposed to be. So the problem on the outside world, as I stated earlier, isn't a government problem. It isn't a, uh, a medical epidemic problem or a prescription epidemic. It's not a, uh, it's not a local government. It's not a, a police force issue. It's not a, a, a public safety issue. But it's, it's a generation of people who have traded a, a, a position as a kingdom ambassador or a, a fountain of hope and a fountain of healing for people around them uh, for, a, for, a, for a spot on a pew and a ticket in their hand on a, for waiting for a greyhound glory. Because we're satisfied with sitting and waiting for things to get bad. We, we're, we're completely and utterly satisfied 
with lost and dying people in our families. We're completely and utterly satisfied with stage four being stage four till somebody dies. We're completely and utterly satisfied with uh, complete kidney failure because because that, that kind of prayer is, is, is it's almost impossible. We're completely and utterly satisfied with, with our children going out into the world completely lost and undone and not knowing who God is if they, was to, if they was to lose their life in an unfortunate accident. We're completely and utterly satisfied because we've got our ticket in our hand. Our ticket's in our hand on that greyhound of glory. And all I got to do is wait and wait and wait, and the 715 to Beulah Land will show up. That's funny, but it's true. The answer for the world around you is the world within you. Your son and your, well, your sons and daughters, you're viewed as Christ in the eyes of God. Your prayers can change things. We we hear things we hear all these things in the Bible and we think it doesn't apply to us. That the prayers of a righteous man avail of much. That we can lay hands on the sick and see them recovered. That we're more than overcomers. That in our perfect in our weaknesses his strength is made perfect. But it said that the troubles and the trials of current time aren't even worth, aren't even worth comparing to the glory that will be lifted up inside of us. Again, I think that goes back to greater works will you do than I done. These things and greater works will you do. There is a level of potential on the inside of you that is way greater than comparing to, to every loss, to every, uh, to every sickness, to every terminal illness, to every uh, hopeless situation, to every anxiety, to every fear, to every worry. If only you believe it. That's where the rubber meets the road. If only you believe it. And as I've said, and as I know we've said this probably said several times, I believe there is a level of in him that we can get to that just like Peter, our, our shadow would heal the sick. As Bill Johnson said, that there is Jesus inside of me for me and there is Jesus on the outside of me for you. I believe his presence overwhelms us every day. I believe that his presence is just completely not acknowledged in our everyday life because he said in, in the Bible, he said that he would go with us all the way. He would never leave us nor forsake us, but he would go with us all the way to the end of the age. So what that tells me, and like I learned in uh, November of last year, or the year before last, I'm sorry, in 2017, I learned that my prayers were a lot more effective. I, I, I was aware more so of his presence in every single asset, in every single asset or faucet of my life. I would get in the vehicle of the mornings and I would say, God, I know you're in here with me. 
Even if you're not speaking to me, I know that you're here. God, I'm at work right now, and I know that you're here. I know that you're that you're walking right beside of me, that you're keeping your hand over me, that you're going with me, you're going before me. But I believe there is a level of in him that when people get close to you, or they, I, I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for it, just as, as he said many times, to be in, in all three of good sons, and then somebody in all four finds out that they don't need their walker anymore. Not because I'm something great or not because, not because I carry uh, such a title or, or, or such a level of ministry, but because I carry such a level of intimacy that his, that his presence completely overwhelms me and anyone that is in, in, a, in a three or four foot radius. And like I said, I may not get there. I may leave this world behind before that ever happens. But my hope and my prayer is that I live a life that is such in front of my son that he grows up and he does, that he believes every single word that the Bible ever said about him. That he believes that he's a son. That he believes that he's a son of the Most High God. That he believes that anything that he would ask in his name would be so. One of the greatest turning points in, in my prayer life. I told you this morning. You completely, I, I should have just let Seth get up here and do this. Because he preached just about everything that my notes had in it. So you tell me that's not weird. But the biggest turning point that I had in my prayer life and in my personal life. And in my life praying for other people was remembering what the Lord's Prayer says. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Anything that we pray, on earth as it is in heaven. If we pray for sickness, on earth as it is in heaven. If we pray for anxiety or depression, on earth as it is in heaven. If, we need, if somebody needs a healing on earth as it is in heaven, I believe to my soul that there isn't, isn't a single oxygen tank. There isn't a, um, a, a chemotherapy session in heaven. There isn't any walkers. There isn't any crutches, canes. Uh, I don't believe in any of that, and I don't think that we should hear. Because if the prayer says on earth as it is in heaven... That completely debugs any any sickness, any any mental illnesses, any depression, any anxieties that we have out there. But again, it stops right here. Because we see things like we see things like stage four. We see things on paper. We hear things that that otherwise would be completely impossible. That medical science completely deems impossible. She'll never walk again. She'll never be able to function the right way again. She'll never be able to function as a normal human being from this point on without somebody's help. She'll never be able to walk. She'll never be able to run. He'll never be able to play baseball. He'll never be able to play basketball. He'll never drive a vehicle on his own. He'll never, he'll never have a family. She'll never have a baby. 
stops here. A lot of the times the prayers that we pray stop right here. People never see healing because our prayers stop right here. People never see restoration because our prayers stop right here. Children who were supposed to live long and healthy lives are cut short because our prayers are stopped right here. Because of too much logic. Because of too much indoctrination that it's not possible that they'll never be healed. That there's not a treatment out there. This is something we've never seen before. And unfortunately, I feel like For the most part, I think some, most of us are too far gone to ever get out of that mindset. But the little, the little girls and the little boys, there's still hope for them. Because I promise you one thing, that little four-year-old boy would believe anything that I tell him. He grows up here and that God can do anything. God can heal any sickness. God can, God can make a way when there seems to be no way. That, that, that God is almighty and God is all-knowing. And, and he's completely powerful. And there's nothing in this world that can come against him. He'll take that when he's 18. He'll take that when he's 28. He'll take that when he's 38. And in every situation in his life, he will know the truth. Above every logic, above every knowledge that, it, that anybody could ever come up with. What the world is waiting on. What your innermost being is waiting on. Is for you to realize that you're a son. What the world is waiting on. What your workplace is waiting on. What the school is waiting on. Is for you to realize who you are. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you in this place. God, I ask that you please just open our hearts and open our minds. That you would have, our, have your way in our lives. That, God, if not for us, for the next generation coming up, that we would focus our attention, we would focus our energy towards stepping into our own identity or helping our children step into theirs. Father, I know that this is our intended purpose to walk this earth, to walk this world, to walk this earth, to walk this community as Christ Jesus. Father, I ask that you please just move over every situation in this room. 
Father, every sickness, every every infirmity, Lord, I ask that you please just crash over them with waves of healing. God, for every sickness, every anxiety, every, every worry, every fear, Lord, I pray that you crash over them with waves of comfort, Lord, and peace that they've never known. Help us, Lord, acknowledge your presence in everyday life. God, help us to understand that the answer to the world outside of us is the world within us. Change our mindsets, Lord. To everything that is in the Bible is the truth. And everything that is in the Bible is intended for each and every one of us, Lord. That there is no veterans, there is no elitists. That every promise, every word, every comma, period, exclamation point is truth. And it applies to us in our lives. God, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you in this place. God, I thank you for revelation. I thank you for correcting my way of thinking about things. God, I ask that you please watch over us, lead us, guide us, and protect us. Watch over our families, Lord, and remember those that couldn't be here with us tonight. God, you know where they are. God, and I ask that you please just help them acknowledge your presence in their life. God, bless every home, every, home, every family that's represented here. God, help us realize who we are. And help us realize that what, our, what our relationship is supposed to be to you. That we are sons and that we are daughters. Father, I'll never fail, Lord, to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise in all situations. God, that whether I lose or whether I win, you'll still get the praise. Father, I honor you in this place today. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in this room. Lord, I thank you for a generation coming up, Lord that never knows what guilt and shame is, that never knows what medical science is or how it affects the body. God, I thank you for a generation that's turning around medical reports. I thank you for a generation that's coming up, God, that's bringing down strongholds everywhere that we live. 
God, I thank you and I praise you. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. Our vision for the Rooted Legacy podcast is that we give as much free content to God's creation as possible. However, if you've been affected by God's word and would like to give, you can do so at Tithely Online or on the Tithely app. Just search Laurel Branch Church of God. Our address is Clear Fork, West Virginia 24822. That is Tithely.ly, T-I-T-H-E dot l y thank you for listening and may god bless you and all that you do today